Good morning. We're so excited for what God is doing in your lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Some of you are even excited about that. Yes. I heard this morning, we've heard lots of chatter about the last two weeks of anxiety messages. And uh, someone said this morning, you're in my ear when I'm working. I'm like, oh my, that's dangerous. So, been super excited. I was, so if you're just catching up to speed, last Sunday and the Sunday before, the messages were on anxiety. Philippians chapter 4, verses, you know, 4, 5, and 6. You know, rejoice in the Lord. Don't be anxious. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. You know, we're going to read that in just a second. And uh, just have been learning these new tools to deal with anxiety, to identify anxiety, learning about a whole new, I didn't even know there was a category called chronic anxiety that is what... Uh, these guys are put placing the kind of anxiety that you don't, the kind of this covert, camouflaged anxiety that you and I wouldn't call anxiety. We would just call it reactions or whatever. And as I've uncovered that, I told Marnie this week, because we had definitely had some opportunities to be anxious this week. I told Marnie, I said, it's like I've hired an aggressive, gnarly, elderly secretary named Gertrude. And she sits in the front of my head now. <laughs> and it's a good thing. And she screens out my appointments. She's like, next, <laughs> right? And she's very, very husky sounding. And it's, it's weird. I'm telling you guys, it's weird. And I've only been practicing this stuff for probably four weeks on the outside. And I feel like already, like it's already starting to be automatic. Thoughts that pop in my head Gertrude's like, eh, he's busy. <laughs> and like before I even, and you know what I would have thought otherwise? I would have thought that that's my thought. Wow. I would have thought that's what I'm thinking. Instead of anxiety presenting a thought to me. Huh. I would have thought it was my thought. I would have assumed it was my thought. And Gertrude's like, nah, you're not on the list. Right? And then, and then like it, I, can, I can almost physically feel it. Like, like, I can, like I catch these thoughts now. And it's as simple as, I don't have to think that. Like, it's, like that's as much effort that goes into going the end around and not becoming reactive, whatever that looks like. Fearful, worried, angry, anxious, nervous, uh, like kind of forceful, you know, like over, overreactive. Like I just, I might still have concerns. I might still have emotions that are, that are at play, but I'm just telling you, go back and listen to the thing. And, and, and if you if you're just like, man, I wish there was more, cause I've heard that. I wish there was more. Well, we're, we're moving on for now, but, um, I can get you some information privately because it, it takes a while to wade through some of that stuff. It took me weeks to really process it. Still processing it, but I just want to just wanted to tell you guys about Gertrude, and uh, she is a welcome addition. And I bet there's been, and I don't, you know, I don't want to speak evangelistically, but I'm guessing probably somewhere in the I don't know, 20 to 40 time range that I could have gotten reactive or anxious in the last week or so. That Gertrude's like, eh, not on the list, and I just I, rec I just instantly recognize it. I'm like, oh yeah. That's, that's something else presenting this to me as an opportunity to jump on board with anxiety. And I'm just going to like, I'm fine here. Just, and it's that, it's, it's that simple. I'm good, right? Like, I don't, I don't really, 
Like, I was fine before that thought popped into my head. I'm, I'm going to continue to be fine because it's nothing that needs immediate action. It's nothing that needs my attention. It's just a thought that wants to jump in my head. I'm going to, I'll set this one out. I'll catch you maybe next time. <laughs> and that's what I told Marnie. I said, I said, you still have to be, like, but it's so easy. I said, you still have to be diligent. I said, sometimes I'm just, I'm more out or I'm tired or I just don't even care if I get reactive or anxious or whatever. And so Gertrude's like, hi, he's coming in. And then I'm like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. You know, so I might get a little reactive or anxious, but it's, I haven't blown anything up or, you know, like relationally or whatever. So it's, it's all right. But I notice it all the time and I'm not trying. So I just want to say, if, if you just... If any of that resonated with you and you're like, hey, okay, maybe I need to listen to that again. It's so worth it. Like my reactivity level and my anxiety level, my covert anxiety level has just dropped just significantly. And I'm like, okay, this is really good. I, I presented to you uh, last week that in the, the week before that I think Philippians chapter four is a, is a dissertation on mental health. I think there are keys in there for walking in just solid, peaceful mental health, just walking in solidity. You know, a, a, a mind that is, if that we think of kind of like an instable, you know, or not mentally healthy, and I'm not talking about mental illness, but I'm talking about just being emotionally and mentally healthy. You know, you'd think of it more as, as like chaos or just uncontrolled thoughts or, or things getting grips on you or whatever. And Philippians chapter 4 is painting this picture of how to walk in the firm footing of Jesus, how to still your heart and stay your mind, and gives you some tools to do that. And I just love that. And in 2022, heading into 23, we need a little more mental health in America. I'm just saying. And that's not, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but it's like, it's serious. Like, I'm not like picking on things. I'm just saying it's like, it's a little fragile out there right now, if you know what I mean. And, and you know, a lot of things beyond our control for the last few years, and and Satan has just been working overtime. So any chance that we get that that is easy and we can just kind of lean into mental health and emotional health, let's do that as a church. Let's, like, if we don't have to really go out of our way, if we can just, like, grab a hold of something and it will help our emotional and mental state, like, we just, we need less fragile people, you know, that's not the right word that I'm looking for, but less reactive people right now. And so Philippians chapter four. So what, what do we do? And I gave you some keys last time from Steve Cuss, and we kind of walked through them, go back and listen to last week. There's some great keys in there. And so those are some very practical things. We talked about the five kind of universal anxiety generators or whatever, but let's say, all right, say I've got Gertrude in, in the, you know, desk there and she's letting my thoughts, you know, kind of screening them, screening my calls for me. Once I recognize and I get this system in place, what's, what's the next kind of reoccurring step? So if, if these thoughts that I thought were my own thoughts, I'm finding they, they're, they're barraging my mind like dozens of times a day. And they wouldn't be what I would call anxiety. But now that I know what they are, I'm like, hey, I see you under that Barney costume. You're not a purple dinosaur. You're anxiety. So I've uncovered that. I don't know why I picked that. I just was thinking of something. <laughs> you come up and try this. For 
And it's not just once, it's week after week. You gotta keep coming up with new stuff all the time and it's just no, it's scary. That's no anxiety though. <laughs> I don't have to be great for you. <laughs> so, finding that that's very regular in my life. So what kind of thought patterns do I need to replace that with? What do I, what do I if, if Philippians 4 is, is this, this treatise on mental health, Maybe it's got some clues. Nod your head. Maybe it's got some clues. Say, yes, it does. No one? Nod your head a little bit. Say, yes. Yes. Come on. I'm not going to help you be mentally healthy if you don't just join in with me here today. Come on. Rejoice in this is starting at verse 4 in Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's close to us. Don't be anxious about anything. Recognize those little thoughts. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving. Interesting how that pops up on this Sunday of all Sundays, right? With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In the context of us talking about emotional and mental health, does that not sound like that? It does. Like this peace of God that's guarding my heart, it's guarding my mind against just ridiculous stuff coming in and ridiculous stuff going out, right? That in the middle of all of this is gratitude, in the middle of all of this is gratitude. So if we just get wore out recognizing anxiety that's coming at us from all these different directions, well, that's, that's what will happen is we'll just eventually just get wore out. We're like, I see you coming at me, but oh gosh, I'm tired. I saw the 43 before you and you know, right? It just, it gets wearing. So we need some life-giving things. And Paul just throws this in there. And remember, he's writing this from prison. Right? This is one of the four prison epistles. He's writing this from prison, challenging people to be thankful. And they're, you know, they, you would temp, be tempted if you were going through a rough time, you'd be tempted to say, well, yeah, Paul, well, he's this a super apostle and his life is perfect. But guess where he was? He was in prison. And it was not the Marriott, folks. It, it was not the Fairfield, right? It was, uh, it was a Roman prison. And in the middle of that, he's like, all right. You want to walk emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, you've got to incorporate thanksgiving. You've got to incorporate thanksgiving. Uh, just a couple general things on thanksgiving from the Baker Encyclopedia of Biblical Knowledge or something. <laughs> in the Old Testament, gratitude to God was the only condition in which life could be enjoyed. For the Jews, every aspect of creation provided evidence of God's lordship over all life. The Hebrew people thanked him for the magnificence of the universe. When they received good news, they thanked God for his goodness and great deeds. When they received bad news, they also gave thanks, trusting that he was a just God. One more slide from this book, because I, I just want to show you how in the Bible, this, this thought of gratitude was not saved for a day with turkey and cranberries. Like it was, it was something that permeated our thoughts and our everyday life. They go on to say, because of the expression of gratitude is tied so closely to the response of faith, Paul encouraged believers to give thanks in all things. He commanded Christians to pray with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ, who has made all thanksgiving possible. 
in his teaching on how to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Paul specified that Christians should give thanks just as the Lord had given thanks. And then Gordon Fee, another guy that I quote pretty often, he writes this in one of his books. Paul's own life was accentuated by thanksgiving. Listen, listen to this line. He could not imagine a Christian life that was not a constant outpouring of gratitude to God. I am going to read that again, and you are going to gladly follow along, and you're going to be blessed as we read this because it's going to challenge you. Read it again, Pastor. Thank you, I will. <laughs> Paul's own life was accentuated by thanksgiving. Listen to this. Hone in on this. Dial in. Listen. Paul, the writer of most of the New Testament, could not imagine a Christian life that was not a constant outpouring of gratitude to God. Like, that's what your Christian life is, right? Like, if you read his writing with that statement in mind, you're like, oh, yeah, that really is true. When Paul's writing to them, when he's writing to them, when he's talking about himself, when he's talking about Christ, it's all this constant recycling of my life to gratitude to God, to what's happening to me, to gratitude to God. Whoa, broke my ankle. Gratitude to God. Thank you that I get to stay home and study the Word of God more. Whoa, all right. Oh, bills are a little short this week. Thank you, Jesus, that you put health in my body, that I get to go and work some more hours, and that I get to share the love. Like, you just read that in the New Testament. Think about that line as you read all of the New Testament, and you're going to go, wow. Like, this permeates the idea of the first century Christian. Like, they just expected that the life in Christ was a life of gratitude. Well, aren't you thankful for that? <laughs> right? And I just wanted you to get the immediacy and totality of the scriptures from Old Testament to New Testament. They're like, if, if you want to experience God on, on the fullest level, you've got to walk in a recycled flow of gratitude. It's just got to be pouring in, pouring out, pouring in, pouring out, pouring in, pouring out, living and walking in gratitude, being grateful and thankful. It does not take a rocket scientist to be grateful. You don't have to have an incredible theology. You don't have to read tons of books. You don't have to Google it. You just be thankful. You just be appreciative. You just thank God and thank the people around you for what you have and what you do. And the key of that will transform your life. And I love these messages because as I sit and preach, I believe it, you believe it, you nod your heads, you might even say amen, and then we go out and we all kind of live as we normally do and we grumble and complain and moan, right? I'm just hoping that something today, and, it, and we do it all the time and, and we often don't change, I'm just believing for grace today for us to actually take a nugget from this and go, okay, God, I, like especially in this season of America, you know, in, in the end of 2022, I want to be one of those people that, like, not to, hey, look at me, no, but just like, I don't, I don't want to be fragile. I want to be emotionally healthy. I want to be mentally healthy. Like, I just want to be healthy. And that's a good thing. Right? Amen. Amen. Thank you for agreeing with me. Gratitude and mental health. Let's, uh, I mean, you know, the scriptures, the scriptures are where it's at. It was every single time we're coming back to the Word of God because that's our source for life. But if someone else happens to stumble on principles of God, like I, li I like to cite those as well. And so we're going we're gonna <laughs> to cite some studies and stuff from the mental health industry. And uh, yeah, we'll just go ahead and see what that says. So from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, 
A large study conducted by Virginia Commonwealth University showed that thankfulness predicted a significantly lower risk of major depression, generalized anxiety disorder. Wait a minute. What? Anxiety? Phobias, nicotine dependence, alcohol dependence, and drug abuse. Whoa. Wait, what helped all that? Thankfulness. Hey, thank you for all four of you that are listening today. (laughs) What, according to empirical data, according to the science, there was one thing that these people did that predicted a lower risk of depression, anxiety, phobias, dependence on nicotine and alcohol and drugs. And what was that? Thankfulness. Thank you, Jerry, for leading the charge on that. I appreciate that very much. What else do we got today? Mangvi Singh from NPR says, there's a growing body of research on the benefits of gratitude. Studies have found that giving thanks and counting blessings can help people sleep better, lower stress, and improve interpersonal relationships. Earlier this year, a study found that keeping a gratitude journal decreased materialism and bolstered generosity among adolescents. These are not Christian studies. And I say this over and over and over and over and over and over again. Like, number one, to experience the fullness of God, you need to be born again. That's just all there is to it. But number two, godly principles work. They just work. Whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, they, they, they work. They cannot work to the extent that a transformed life and heart can work. So, like, salvation is everything. Knowing Jesus, like, being transformed. But... At the same time, God gives us tons of tools. And so you've got two extremes. You've got the people that don't know Jesus that find some great tools and they're actually helping their life. And then you've got some people over here that have found Jesus and aren't necessarily living out the word of God. And so they're not working with really good tools. And so we're not being thankful. We're not recognizing it, right? We're not, we're just, we're not doing so good. But I love Jesus, but yeah, there's parts of my life that still kind of is shambles. My sin is forgiven, but I'm not doing so good in the relationship department and in emotional mental health. And like, there's all these tools in the word of God that I want us to walk in so that we can see the fullness of God in our life. So these secular studies are finding that giving thanks is producing all these results. A couple more. The American Psychiatric Organization has on their site, in a randomized control trial of more than 200 participants, The researchers compared three groups, one practicing various gratitude exercises, one performing self-kindness acts, so kind of doing what makes me happy, so if you, you know, understand the language here, and one with no intervention. They're not, they're just, they're just living their life. The study found that the gratitude training was more effective at improving mental well-being than the self-kindness intervention or control. The effects of practicing gratitude on mental well-being were maintained for six months after this, uh, what was it, six weeks, I think? Anyways, the study, yeah, the study findings suggest that a six-week gratitude training program is an effective low-intensity intervention for enhancing mental well-being. The sustained effects on various measures of gratitude for up to six months follow up that suggest that it is possible to promote a lasting, appreciative perspective, that's a lot of big words, on life, the study authors conclude. So they're just saying, wow, we did a six-week 
test where people started to be grateful. And for six months afterwards, we noticed their lives improving in the areas of emotional and mental health. How cool is that? Maybe you don't think it's cool. I think it's cool. I put it in my notes here. And from psychology today, research, 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 research shows gratitude is a strong way to reduce anxiety. Come on. It's almost like God knew that. <laughs> Two thousand years later, psychology today figured out that Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious and be grateful. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's fun to look at the science, but we're always going back to the Word of God because they get it before all the scientists do. Research shows gratitude is a strong way to reduce anxiety. Such effects are in addition to gratitude's ability to strengthen relationships, improve mental health, and to minimize stress. In fact, researchers suggest that the gratitude's effects may be long-lasting. That's two different studies that have showed that, and especially positive. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I hadn't even read any of this when I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped this little nugget about Philippians 4 being this this insight into emotional mental health. Like, I'd never thought about that before. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I had this little nudge, and I'm like, I wonder if that's true. I feel like it's true. Like, obviously, all of the Word of God is going to be towards, but I felt like it was specifically aimed at one of the goals that Paul is wanting the church to be emotionally healthy and mentally healthy. And I see this stuff, and I go, huh. I think Paul heard from God. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but, you know, the Lord knows. I love that in the Word of God, this 2,000-year-old book that has no relevant effect on our life today, right? Yeah. Tongue-in-cheek. It is life and hope and joy. It's the words of God because God knows how you are built. God knows how your brain is wired. God knows what drives you, what, what tricks you, what deceives you, and where you need to walk to walk in strength and health and vibrance and life. Amen? Amen. One more quote in this section. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. Gratitude can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. That's a cool quote. That's a non-Christian quote. That's just recognizing what gratitude can do in our lives. Huh. So I already talked that Philippians 4 is this just oration on, on mental and emotional health. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys uh, what I think I'm finding in the scriptures is that let's just say, let's just say for argument's sake, let's just call a general category of being emotionally and mentally you know, not healthy. Let's just call that instable, right? Not maybe like a clinical instability, but just, you're just not solid, right? Thoughts are coming at you and you're having a lack of ability to, to, you know, control fear or anxiety or anger or, you know, just fretting or whatever it is. And, and just like you might be overreactive, you might just be, you know, jealous one minute, like, like there's just this instability 
and incongruency. And over on this side of mental health is what we call just stability, steadfastness, firmness. Any of those sound like biblical words? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not trying to make the Bible be something it's not, yet it is everything we need for life and godliness, right? I'm not trying to pretend it's some kind of like clinical textbook on mental health or something, but it, there's keys in there because God knows how we're built. So let's say over on this side is strength and stability and foundation that when things come at us, we're able to stand strong and we're able to have a Gertrude or whatever I called her, you know, at the front desk kind of going, no, he's back in, in his office being strong. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need this right now. We're going we're gonna to pencil you in for 10 years from now. Okay, how's that? And you're able to withstand this internal dialogue and you're able to de decipher it and you're, you're not. And anyone ever heard of a verse in the Bible? I just popped into my head. I can't think of where it's at. Uh, um, uh, something about toss, then you won't be tossed around. Is that James? Not tossed around to and fro. Yep. And the Bible is saying, don't be tossed around to and fro. Like I've, I've got way too many slides already, so I didn't put extra verses and stuff like that in. But on this side is stability. And that's what we're going for. Psalm said, uh, I think it was David, you've taken my feet and put it on a rock. Taken me out of the miry clay. Do you get the imagery? Like over and over and over and over again. Oh, the wise man built his house on a, and the foolish man built his house on the sand. Storms came, right? All of this imagery presenting itself in the word of God from beginning to end. You know, go, go through the Psalms and read about firm and stable and steadfast and, and just in the worship songs, talking about being our rock and our redeemer, right? There's this steadfastness that we're not just ah, bombarded even if we get bombarded, we don't, we don't, we're not joining the parade. Like, nope, that's fine. Away, right? And we're able to weather that. And we deal with our emotions and we walk through, you know, grief and sadness and disappointment and, you know, sorrow and anger. And, and we walk through those in a healthy way instead of being captivated by them. Thrown around. My wife's going to watch that, and she's going to say, don't ever do that again. <laughs> don't. You are, <laughs> you are uncoordinated and look like a penguin. <laughs> she wouldn't say that because she's too nice, but she would think it because <laughs> it's true. So here's kind of my, what I want to just present to you, that gratitude is the gateway into the strength and steadfastness of God. Just let that marinate in your heart for a second. That gratitude opens the door for us to participate. Is God strong, yes or no? Yes. Is he solid, yes or no? Yes. Is he unchanging, yes or no? So gratitude opens the gateway of our lives to mesh in. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, well, like gears or something like that that need to be aligned to kind of come together to work together or like a zipper or you know like do you know what I mean where, where it has to align has to a key right all the bumps have to be in the right place just because you got the right key for the door you, you can't just put it in part way and wiggle and twist it to the left 
Like that won't open the door. It has to be aligned, and then things move. So when our lives get aligned with God, we start to participate what God is. Think about that for a second. When we get our lives aligned and partner with God, we start to participate with what God is. Mm, Pastor, I don't know about that. The fruit of the Spirit is... Love and joy and peace. When, when you are aligned with God and the Spirit begins to exercise His personality over you, in you, and through you, you start to look and smell and seem like Jesus. Are, are you with me? Like, I know that's kind of a weird way to say it, but when God is in me and I align my life, I'm surrendered to Him and I'm walking with Him and I'm less caring about me, and I'm more focused on Jesus and others, my life starts to begin to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and joy and compassion and humility. And it, it, the gears get aligned. The key gets inserted. So I think that gratitude is one of the, the keys to strength and steadfastness. I heard some, I heard some hmms. Let's read a bunch of stuff here. <laughs> Dustin Crow wrote a cool book on gratitude. He said, don't view Thanksgiving as something to tack on when things are good or in one month of the year, November. It's the means by which we plant our feet in the, I, like I got this quote after I was having this revelation from God that gratitude is our alignment with gratitude aligns us with the strength and power of God. And then I read Dustin Crow saying this kind of stuff. He said, it's the means by which we plant our feet in the firm footing of God's steadfast love in the past. So we have traction to walk forward. God remains full of steadfast love, unlimited power, unending wisdom, inexhaustible grace. You don't have to push through with your gritted teeth carrying these burdens on your own scrawny spiritual shoulders. <laughs> Sorry, that tick tickles my funny bone. <laughs> wow. Look back and give thanks. Trust God. Believe in him to do today what he did in the past. And this constant regenerative flow of thanksgiving. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for what you did today. Thank you for earlier. Thank you for protecting me from that. Thank you for this provision. Thank you for yesterday. Well, thank you for how you saved me all those years ago. Thank you for what you, right? You're just rehearsing the goodness of God. And then when you come up against the wall, you're like, oh, God. You did that then, 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 and I watched you do it, and I thanked you for it. You're going to do that again today. Where is anxiety in that context? It's out the window. Nice. Nice. Really? Got so excited. Listen to this. In the Greek, the root word for gratitude is in the same family as the root word for grace. 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 We want God's grace to fill our lives. It, uh, gratitude initiates the flow of God's grace into our life, his empowering presence that enables us to be what he's called us to be and do what he's called us to do. Gratitude does that. It's, it's from the same tree. It's from, it's from the, it's, it smells the same as the grace of God to live out the life that he's called us to live. Gratitude does. What does? Gratitude. Thankfulness. 
Being thankful initiates this flow of grace to be steadfast in the Lord and strong and emotionally and mentally healthy. It protects and guards my heart and my life by being grateful. Huh. We participate in God's divine strength and steadfastness by the process of giving thanks. We're going to rapid fire some verses, and I want, I want you just to, through that lens, that the key, I don't have it. You got, anyone got a key on them? Anyone trust me with your keys? <laughs> Nobody? Look at that. Oh, too slow. I pray you do not live to regret this. That gratitude is this key. It's the key. And all the bumps of my life need to get in alignment. And then all of a sudden, I experience this open door. On the other side of that door is treasures I could have never imagined. On the other side of that door, you guys ever been uh, super cold and you open up the door and oh, this, the warm air comes rushing out of the house at you? You open up that door, man, with the this, this striving and the strength of our own, that grace of God by being grateful. I just, okay, God, I'm really struggling right now. All right. God, I'm really thankful. And you start that, putting the key in. And I guess, well, I really am, I guess the car made it home. Thankful for that. Thankful that we're, we are actually all pretty healthy. I'm really, really thankful for that. God, I'm thankful that we have food on the table. Wow. I was kind of annoyed having to go to so-and-so's for Thanksgiving, but you know what? <laughs> There's way too many people have resonated with that one. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm so thankful that you were there and, and you provided for all of us. Nobody killed each other. <laughs> Working on that one. <laughs> thankful that I've got people in my life that, that care about me. I, I might not always feel that or sometimes I might get convinced that I'm alone, but I know that's not really true. Thank you for that, God. Thank you that you always hear me. Right? And we start to align our lives and the door opens to beauty and majesty. Can I throw them? She's like, yeah, I'm a lot better athlete than you are. <laughs> Some verses in the Bible say, give thanks to the Lord. Say thanks. thanks. Give thanks to the Lord for he's good. His love endures. Thankfulness invites us. What, well, who cares if his love endures forever? He's saying, I'm inviting you into the endurance and the enduring love of God. Give thanks. Let's look at this one. Colossians chapter 2. So just then, as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. How are we supposed to live our lives? Well, I don't know. Rooted. Built up. Strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Wait a minute. We've got four words of how we're supposed to live our life. Three of them talk about strength and steadfastness and solidness and power and unmoving. And the one action one there, the one attitude one there is thankfulness. Well, it's almost like God's trying to tell us something, isn't it? I mean, think about that. 
Live rooted in Christ, you guys. Hey, Ray, live built up in Jesus. Hey, right? Rick? Rick? <laughs> live, live strengthened in the Lord. Be thankful. Oh, yeah. That's how I do that. That's the key. My gratitude lets me experience God in ways that I never dreamt of, and it lets me, it just lets me stand on this safe place. Huh, I like that. Let's do another one. Be strengthened, with this Colossians chapter 1, with all, with all power, according to his might, glorious might at that, so that you might have endurance and patience. And here we go, giving joyful thanks to the Father, who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He gives all these things that are happening to us so that we might have strength. We might have power. We might, might have might, <laughs> right? We might have endurance. We might have patience as we give thanks. Trying to turn the lights on. Okay, I hope this is connecting, right? I hope this is. I hope. I hope the 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 wires are going from point A to point B. I, I hope we're getting this. That the key to walking in strength, power, might, endurance, and patience is giving joyful thanks. Well, it can't be that simple. You want to argue with the Word of God? I guess. Psalm 56 says, I'm under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you delivered me from death and kept my feet from stumbling. Steadfastness. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Say, no shaken, bacon. <laughs> Let us be, like, hold on, just... Humor me. Just like zone into this for a second. Look at what it's saying. Since, then you should. Okay? Since you're about to drive off a cliff, stop the car. Since it's icy, don't go running outdoors. Since you're overweight, stop eating so much at Thanksgiving. Right? Like He's connecting the dots here. Since... There's this kingdom that cannot be shaken. Be thankful. Huh. It's almost like we're trying to be told something here. That the strength and power and steadfastness and faithfulness and coming throughness of God is available to anyone who is willing to shut it up and open up and say, God, thank you for this. I'm sorry for grumbling. I'm going to stop that and I'm going to start this because the grumbling gets me over to here. It gets me unstable. Well, this is no good either. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. And you start to get thrown around. Yep, see, I told you. Yep, told you this was going to be miserable. And God's saying, man, you want to be part of an unshakable kingdom? Or do you want to be in wishy-washy mental health over there? Come on, let's be steadfast, immovable, unshakable. Listen to this. Is it, I feel like we're getting something out of this today. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I'm going to be thankful. Thank Lord, I'm thankful for all the people in this room that are getting so much out of this today. Yes, I'm thankful for that. Thankful. And there's little nuggets. 
all through here, and I hope that you guys are taken away. I'm about to give you another nugget here. Listen to this. Whatever we can be thankful for then loses its power over us. Come on. That was worth the price of admission today. (laughs) Whatever you can be grateful for then loses its authority over your life. It no longer has control of you. I had all this. See, Larry Halbert's not here. I would have commissioned him because he would have done it. I was going to have him run up and just as I was preaching, I was going to share that slide with him and just say, hey, come on up during this slide. And I wanted him to come up and just kind of shove me and call me a jerk. And then I'd be like, thank you, God, that you've given me the chance to stay focused and whatever. And then he's going to do it again. And he doesn't have any idea. <laughs> We're talking about this plan that we hatched, but he wasn't part of it. It was all in my, it was all in my head. But, but whatever it is that's going on in your life, you can either let it dominate you and control your thoughts and be party. Anyone ever kind of lived that way before? Just like two of you? Okay. Well, let me tell you what it's like. (laughs) I think you know. You don't do it on purpose, but it starts to have control over you. It starts to, it, it dictates what you feel like. It dictates what you think about this horrible situation, whatever it is. But if you can be thankful in the middle of it, it doesn't matter what it is. Hey, thank you, God. You might not always know the appropriate answer or how it's going to turn out, but you just got gratitude in the middle of it. Huh. Thank you. God, thank you. And, and we've done that. Marnie and I, I would like to say that we faithfully do not practice that. But we have done it at different times in our life. And I can attest that the power of that is true. Once you become thankful for that, then you start to laugh about things. Then, it, then you start going, okay, well, I'm thankful for this, so okay, I guess. Maybe we'll try to find an answer or figure it out. And all of a sudden, the power of Jesus starts showing up in your hearts and lives. Dustin Crow, he's going to tell us something again. He says, as we take this step into Thanksgiving, it builds our trust in God. Here, our fears, anxiety, and worries get smaller as our view of God gets bigger. This doesn't, listen, this doesn't happen because problems go away. But it happens because we've encountered a God who is in all circumstances still good, still in control, still at work, still providing for us, and still acting on our behalf. Giving thanks fans into flame our faith while pouring water on the coals of our fears and temptations. We rest in and lean on the God at the center of our praise. Right? It's not just about circumstances changing. It's about you changing. Your emotional and mental health is not hinging on the world getting better. Stop thinking that it is because I do every day. I'd be a lot happier, healthier emotionally and mentally if you would just do what you're supposed to do. If they would just do what they're supposed to do. If the weather would do what it's supposed to do. If my car would do what it's supposed to do. If my cattle would do what they're... I don't have cattle, but I think someone might. Right? You're giving control of your mental and emotional well-being to something that does not belong having control of it. By giving thanks, we invite the God of all comfort, peace, control, hope, and answers and strength right into the middle of that situation. And we stand there going, all right, God, you're in the middle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Hmm. Let's try to finish up fast here. Peace. How many want some peace? Yeah. 
See, peace is the natural outcome of this. When we give thanks, when we give thanks, we fight anxiety. And we fight fear by resting in God. Paul associates giving thanks to God with peace from God. Let's read a verse out of Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. They're linked. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He starts off this paragraph by saying, man, if, let's, let's invite peace into the situation. Let's invite peace. A lot of times I want peace to show up, but I still want to, the ability to blame and to grumble. I hope some of you are screaming on the inside right now because that hurts. I want to still control the situation. I still want to blame you for how I feel. I still want to put the, the control somewhere else and at the same time say, God, I need some peace. I need peace. Not feeling any. I need peace. Pastor, I prayed about it. I just, I prayed, but there's no peace for me. <laughs> Paul's like, well, did you do the stuff? Well, well I prayed, but did you do the stuff? Well, it's really hard. I don't really care if you have it or don't. I, no one said, well, if it's really easy, sh shut up. Oh, that's right. We were doing better with that, weren't we? <laughs> this has been an ongoing battle, right? We're, we're trying to change that. Pastor shouldn't say shut up. Be quiet. Like, just don't cry. This doesn't have the same, you know. It's what I need to tell myself. Shut up. Just... I still want to be able to grumble because that makes me feel better. You can either have God's peace or the devil's peace, which is grumbling. It's an emotional soothant. That's not even a word. Soother, soothing. What's the thing that soothes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it, the soothing agent. I don't know. Yeah, right. The velvet-like feeling. You can get soothing either from the peace of God showing up in the situation, or you can continue to... See, we do sin because it, it meets a, a small need. It's a wrong way to get it met, and it's destructive. So when I grumble, it brings some satisfaction. I might get some sympathy. For sure, I can at least get it out of me, right? And I can complain about it, but it's rotting my soul. So you can either have the devil's peace and keep on flapping your flapper and make yourself feel a little bit better and rot your soul, or you can invite the peace of heaven from the unshakable kingdom of God with all power and authority by being grateful. God, thank you. Thank you. I really want to complain right now. And you can be honest with the Lord because he knows you're a turkey and he loves you. He likes you even. And he wants to help you. But he's like, you just can't be over here, though. God's like, when you're over there, my hands are tied. But when you come over here and you decide to unlock the door to peace, 
Man, I'm, we've preached so long, so many Sundays in a row now. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm keep going. <laughs> trying to finish really quickly here. So this was our verse, Philippians 4, with thanksgiving, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. When gratitude becomes a daily practice and habit, it gives us the invitation, it gives the invitation and permission for peace to be the ruler of our souls and the gatekeeper of our minds. I'm going to end with three slides that are a story. It's a story, so you don't have to even think about it. (sighs) Okay, we're just about done. Uh, When Franklin Graham... You guys know who he is? The oldest son of Billy and Ruth Graham was living a wild and dangerous life. Ruth found herself torn apart by worry. One night while she was abroad, uh, she suddenly awoke in the middle of the night worrying about Franklin. A current of worry surged through her like an electric shock. Anyone ever experienced that before? She lay in bed and tried to pray, but she suffered from galloping anxiety, one fear piling upon another. She looked at the clock and it was around three o'clock. Right? Here's, here's just what I was saying. Well, I, I prayed. She was exhausted, yet she knew she would be unable to go back to sleep. Suddenly, the Lord seemed to say, her, say to her, quit studying the problems, start studying the promises. She turned on the light, got out her Bible, and the first verse that came to her were the verses that we read today, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. As she read these words, she suddenly realized the missing ingredient in her prayers had been thanksgiving. She put down her Bible and spent time worshiping God for who and what he is. She later wrote, I began to thank God for giving me this one that I loved so dearly in the first place. I even thanked him for the difficult spots which had taught me so much. And you know what happened? It was as if someone turned on the light in my mind and heart and the little fears and worries that had been nibbling away in the darkness like mice and cockroaches hurriedly scuttled for cover. That's when I learned that worship and worry cannot live in the same heart. They're mutually exclusive. I did not expect a truckload of stuff today, but it just kept growing and growing. Like, guys, I feel like, I just really feel like there's something on these last couple weeks. I hope that I'm anointed all the time. We know better than that, but like, that's my prayer. But I just really feel like that, like, there's some, like, you need this. I need this. I know for my own life, I'm, like if, if it's just for me, then indulge me by saying, hey, our pastor's getting healthier, right? Hopefully it's for you too. Hopefully you're taking something away from this. Hopefully you're incorporating the word of God into your life in a way that maybe you haven't seen before with some tools that you haven't had before. And Jesus can be glorified in our lives and we can walk on sure footing with stability and strength. Thanks for hanging in there for another long message today. Keys. I hope you never look at your keys different uh, the same way again. Hope you always look at them differently. That the key is gratitude. The key is gratitude. That's what I should have done, Jim. See, a good preacher. I mean, we would have gotten keys and gotten them all and handed them out to you and told them that they open up somewhere in town. You've got to find where it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pray before I say anything else. <laughs> Thank you, God, for this unlocking of your strength and steadfastness and solidness in our life. And it's so simple. We just need to have gratitude. It invites peace. It invites your presence. And it invites the strength of God to come and join with our life. Lord, we want to join with you. We want to be a part of your kingdom and your promise and your hope and joy. I just pray for uh, gratitude 
to capture our heart. I pray that it would just be a, a reoccurring flow in our lives every single day. Give us the grace to do that. Unlock that in our lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen.